Welcome to the ISO on the Gonzaga Nation Media Network. I'm your host, Dan Dickow. It's nice to be back with the ISO. Uh, we've taken uh, a couple month break as we really focused in on getting uh, Gonzaga Nation SI up and running with a number of different entities, whether it's uh, podcasts and shows or getting organized with uh, our journalists, getting some great content out there. But uh, I'm back now with the ISO. Uh, you can catch it on a couple different platforms. It will be uh, released on Gonzaga Nation SI's YouTube channel. It will continue to be released on the same, the ISO uh, podcast channel wherever you would subscribe to that but it's also going to be released on the Gonzaga Nation SI media network uh, podcast channels as well so uh, going to cover lots of basketball topics lots of sports topics uh, continue to, to blend in a lot of Gonzaga content in addition to the other things that we do especially uh, when it's uh, necessary and things line up so um, today with the NBA playoffs just having gotten started. Um, I was going to do a preview before the playoffs kicked off, but with it being Easter weekend, uh, and I've been under the weather a little bit, uh, held off until Monday, April 18th, uh, to record and release uh, this first, the ISO. So just want to uh, give a quick glimpse at the NBA playoffs, what I'm looking for, what I expect to see. First thing is I love the play-in. Uh, idea of the NBA. They've done this now for a couple of years. Uh, I think it provides a lot of incentive for teams over the last couple of weeks of the stretch of the season um, to kind of battle to get in the play-in game. So 7, 8, 9, 10, uh, those playoff spots are much more valuable than they've ever been. Um, I think it gives a tremendous amount of experience to young players to be able to be in a position where they're playing in important games where yeah, you're still going to have your teams that tank like the Blazers, but um, you know you, you provide opportunities for experience to be gained, and I think that's that's very valuable. Um, but let's take a quick look at the Eastern Conference: the one seed Miami Heat and the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, I think you know we saw in Game One, Trey Young got bottled up after a great performance in a playoff uh, play-in game. Um, but they're gonna. The Hawks are gonna have to do a better job of freeing him up, and I'm sure they will. Uh, but the Heat were so keyed in on taking things away from Trey Young, making the other guys uh, make plays, uh, Collins, Herder, that that it's it was is evident that, that the Miami Heat were really focused in on them. You know, with the the Heat, Duncan Robinson broke out of a of a mini slump, I guess you could say, it with a huge 29 point performance. Tyler Hero looked solid. And then any team with Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler is going to have a chance to advance. Uh, my prediction, my pick is going to be the Heat in this series. Uh, next up on the Eastern Conference side of things, the two seed, the Celtics against the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, Brooklyn's been playing well as of late coming into uh, the playoffs, while the Celtics have been one of the best teams over the past two months or so of the season. They've really bought into what Ime Udoka is doing as a head coach. Uh, love to see it because he's a Portland guy. He's been a friend of mine since back in high school. It's been nice to follow the ascension of his playing career um, where we were teammates for a stretch with the Blazers, but now as a coach, um, it's awesome to see. Um, 
you know, game one was won by the Celtics on a great non-timeout call where uh, the Celtics pushed it up and then they were patient. Uh, too many times in those situations, uh, teams are out of sorts. Many guys want to play the hero. That wasn't necessarily the case with Boston. They did a tremendous job of understanding the time and score, not to call timeout, push it up the floor, and then knowing just how much time was on the clock and the willingness to make that extra pass as Tatum uh, made made the layup with uh, with the buzzer going off. So it's going to be fun to watch Tatum continue to grow and expand. I think Jalen Brown has done a nice job of accepting his role. Um, and, and then Boston, you know, one of the best defenses in the league over the last half of the season um, is going to have to be great shutting down Kevin Durant as well as Kyrie Irving. Uh, so that's going to be interesting to watch. But uh, my pick, my prediction will be Celtics in this series. Next up in the Eastern Conference, we've got the Bucks and the Bulls. The Bulls have been uh, plagued by injuries throughout much of this season. They were, they were hovering towards the top of the Eastern Conference for a long time, and then injuries hit. Uh, for Milwaukee, you know, they're coming off uh, a title a season ago where, you know, learning how to play with expectations individually and as a team, um, I thought they've done a nice job throughout the year. Um, I think my prediction is is I got to go with the top seed again, the Bucks. I'm going to talk, I'm going to predict them to move on. I think there's just Giannis is such a game changer. He's so difficult to contain, so difficult uh, to prepare for. And I don't think the Bulls necessarily have that three-man with size, length, athleticism to be able to limit him too much. Last up on the Eastern Conference Finals, the 4-5 matchup, the Sixers and the Raptors. This one's interesting. The Sixers might have the MVP in the league and Joel Embiid. James Harden has come over in a trade and in, in what I've seen struggled. Uh, Matisse Thibel's not available to play in the games in Toronto because he has not had his latest round of booster shots, which you're fine to play in the States, but you're not fine to play in Toronto. So that's going to be interesting to keep an eye on um, because he's not going to be available for the games in Toronto. For the Raptors, uh, you know, they've got a nice young mix of of young players as well as some veterans. Um, Pascal Siakam, Led them in scoring. Van Vliet just continues to just be an all-around really solid guard. Um, Gary Trent Jr. has really done nicely since the uh, change of scenery. And then Scotty Barnes as a as a rookie, excuse me, holy cow, what a, what an impact that he has had defensively. He's tremendous. He's he's really kind of grown into uh, surprising people on the offensive end. But I'm gonna go with the Raptors in six. Moving on to the Western Conference, uh, I think it's safe to say the the winner of the Western Conference will probably be the favorite going into the NBA Finals, but we've got a couple months before we even get to that point. I think there's some really great uh, series to, to keep an eye on here. We start with the Suns, um, best record obviously in the West Western Conference, taking on the Pelicans, who've really shown uh, a lot of heart and a lot of fight, a lot of grit. Um, under first-year head coach Willie Green. They've played all year without Zion. It hasn't impacted them. I think Brandon Ingram has done an amazing job of growing into uh, a, a go-to clutch scorer, um, somebody who can score at all three levels at the rim, mid-range, and he's serviceable from deep. But 
Um, the, you know, the Suns have one of the most explosive offenses by, led by point guard extraordinaire Chris Paul, who just seems to keep getting better uh, with age. Uh, Devin Booker is an unbelievable scorer. Um, you got lots of different pieces on the wing. And then uh, DeAndre Ayton on the inside kind of cleaning some things up um, on the defensive end and on the glass and then and roll, rim rolling after pick and rolls. Uh, they are a tough cover. But I'm going to take the Suns in that series. In the second round, or excuse me, in the second matchup in the Western Conference, this is where you get a little bit of Gonzaga flavor. You've got Brandon Clark and Killian Tilly on the two-seed Memphis Grizzlies um, teaming up alongside John Morant, who's one of the front runners for MVP, along with uh, Desmond Bain, Dylan Brooks, uh, to kind of, you know, really talk about a talented, deep Memphis roster, taking on number seven, Minnesota. Um, Minnesota's been the surprise. Minnesota won game one. Uh, Minnesota had that heck of a win in the playoff play-in game, um, and they've got a talented roster. Uh, you know, Carl Anthony Towns is obviously in like sixth or seventh year in the league now, but uh, Anthony Edwards has shown um, that he is a force to be reckoned with. He is going to be one of the best players in this league for quite some time. Jaden McDaniels, the kid from Washington, um, has really grown. He's shown the ability and the understanding, the willingness to, to do the things that impact winning. Uh, defensively, he's, he's really come a long ways in three years. Uh, and then offensively, uh, his skill set's really starting to translate over well uh, in addition to that defense. But I'm going to take Memphis in this series. Next up, the 3-6 matchup, the Warriors versus the Nuggets. The Warriors, uh, you know, one of the all-time great runs over the last 10, 12 years outside of the one year where they missed the playoffs. I mean, you're talking about championships. You're talking about MVP players, uh, seasons, historical 73-win seasons. Um you know, this year they didn't win the, the amount of games, but they had injuries. They had injuries to Steph Curry, who missed many games up leading up to the playoffs. You've had injuries to uh, Draymond Green, one of the best defensive players in the league. You've had injuries to Klay Thompson, who now came back after nearly two years, and he's still working through some kinks. But anytime you can bring, you know, those guys back from injury um, – and, and add to the kind of talent pool that they've kind of grown both through the draft and free agency. It's been impressive. Jordan Poole has been on a tear as of late. Anthony or Andrew Wiggins, excuse me, has had a really nice year. Um, but when you look at Golden State, they just understand how to win. They are willing to do what it takes to win. You know, right now they're even playing a lineup where literally all guys are six six or under and they're playing as fast as possible, which is going to be a, a difficult thing for the Nuggets because they run everything through Jokic um, and understandably because he's so good. Not only can he score on the low block, he can you know stretch it and, and shoot it from three, uh, but they run so many things through him because he's such a great passer and playmaker that that's going to be difficult. I really like the young player for the Nuggets, Bones Highland from VCU. Um, but at the end of the day, I think the Warriors just have too much. Um, and I, I think it's going to be the Warriors in the Western Conference Finals matched up with, with the, the Grizzlies uh, at the end of this you know Western Conference playoffs. Um, so I'm going to take the Warriors in this series. Moving on to 4-5, Dallas and Utah. Um, Dallas is the 4, Utah is the 5. Normally I would take Dallas because of Luka Doncic, but uh, with calf strain and never knowing um, you know really what's going on with the calf strain, how long it's going to take, having dealt with one of those 
myself on a number of occasions. Those aren't quick. Those aren't easy fixes. Um, he missed game one. I would imagine he's going to try to get back for game two, but um, even then, it's hard to be yourself coming off of a calf strain. It takes a while to get back 100% right. Um, and with Utah Jazz, with Gobert in the middle, Donovan Mitchell, um, you know, the, the wing options that they have to shoot it and the coaching of Quinn Snyder, um, I'm going to take the Jazz in this series. So I've got the Suns, the Grizzlies, the Warriors, and the Jazz in the West, in the East, the Heat, the Celtics, the Bucks, and the Raptors. So appreciate you listening. Thanks for joining uh, the first episode back of the ISO on the Gonzaga Nation Media Network. Question of the day comes from Dick Weiss on Facebook. He asks, what is Julian Strother's NBA draft potential? That's uh, funny um, that that is the question for the day as um, just earlier today before I recorded this uh, a few hours ago, Julian Strother decided to declare for the NBA draft. My understanding and the way I've read his announcement is he is going to take a similar path as Drew Timmy is declare for the NBA draft. Uh, if he does sign with an agent, it would be an NBA and NCAA certified agent, allowing him the ability to come back to school, which I fully anticipated. I expected that to be the case. I, I think for a player like Strother, who has definite NBA potential, that is the right way to go about it. Get all the information you can gather. Um, and then make a decision that makes sense for yourself and your family. And then um, make the decision based on that information and where you may fall in the draft. I have not seen him um, on too many draft boards since kind of about three quarters of the way through the season. Um, now, that being said, I haven't looked in the last week, week and a half or so ago. I do plan on a podcast episode in the near future where I kind of look through all the mock drafts and kind of composite out where um, Gonzaga players may end up. Um, But at this moment in time, he's not on a draft board. I think he has a ton of potential in NBA evaluators in front office eyes because of his size, his ability to shoot it, his ability to score. He became a better defender as the season went on. He's a good rebounder for his position. Um, But I think one more year at Gonzaga where he truly handles uh, a lot of responsibility as a scorer, as a primary scorer and a playmaker at times. Doesn't mean he has to average three assists a game, but he just has to make the correct plays. I think he proves those things uh, in addition to showing what he did this year. Uh, I think he's a definite first-round pick a season from now.